Welcome to the second episode of Block and Roll with Kiran Manava and Pia Cooper. In this episode, we are going to decrypt the cryptocurrency. Great intro. Let's begin the show. Let's, Let's roll. roll. Before going to the topic, Pierre, what's interesting in the blockchain space this week? Have you got any news? Yeah, um, I guess I don't know whether you call this blockchain as much as just interesting news. I still think for me, the biggest story is Facebook. Um, and I know you're probably going to say, well, why are you talking about Facebook on a blockchain podcast? But absolutely. <laughs> why am I talking at all on the blockchain podcast? Um, so for me, I think it's to do with the fact that the crux of the problem that Facebook came up against was trust and data privacy. And I think that's relevant for this podcast because I think blockchain could be one of those things that offers a solution. You know, one of the things that people struggle with is that we are having to trust these big hyperscaler companies with our data and, and with the control of that data and privacy of that. What about if we had control of the data? What about if um, it was secured in a, in, a, in a fashion that meant that it couldn't be uh, opened up to people without our permission? Um, I think if you look at blockchain, that's one of the things that it could do. And I, I just was looking at a couple that was a kind of open source Facebook type blockchain. Uh, it's, it's basically called a blockchain alternative Facebook. Um, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's Minds, which is one that I was looking at, which is a social media platform. It's not necessarily launched uh, recently, but it is growing in and growing in scale. I think it's got 73 million unique page views. I think a lot of that has come maybe from the, the pushback from Facebook. How do you how do you spell that? It's Minds as in uh, M-I-N-D-S. Uh, and it's uh, based on Ethereum blockchain. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really, I think there's some really interesting uh, use cases around this. Uh, okay, Pierre, what, do you th what, what is cryptocurrency? What is your understanding of cryptocurrency? cryptocurrency. If you understand any. <laughs> Isn't that the currency they use on Superman's homeworld of Krypton? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, no, no. So uh, going back to uh, back to reality, um, from my point of view, uh, just to give, I would like to give a, a kind of a loose definition for what cryptocurrency is, um, and it, uh, I'm I'm kind of in two minds whether to start on defining cryptocurrency or defining currency. Um, but I'm going to start with the cryptocurrency and say, what, from my point of view, cryptocurrencies are electronic peer-to-peer -peer currencies. That's that's my working definition of it. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, so, so we understand peer-to-peer -peer, as in one-to-one -one without any middleman, right? That's yeah. something we defined in our blockchain episode, exactly. in our last episode. So how does this work or what, what is it? So we, we can, so there are obviously you understand that we've got a digital or virtual currency. So it's just like currency, right? So it's just a computer generated token, just like a pound, there is something like a token. Yeah, so, right? so it, it, it's it, it, one of the biggest debates in, in economics is around what money is. Um, and I, I'm gonna give three points to, to define uh, what we would call mod money is, and they've they, I've stolen them from someone completely uh, who I can't remember the name of. <laughs> um, but basically, um, money is a token; it can't be to do with barter. Um, if I uh, pay for something with money, uh, there can't be any outstanding uh, credit debit relationship between us, and I can't create money myself. That's the three things I'm going to say that define modern types of money, whether it's a fiat currency or whether it's a, a, a virtual currency. 
Yeah, fiat currency meaning... As in your pounds or your dollars or any of those type of things. Yeah, the reason I ask is when I first heard about fiat currency, right, I thought it's a new type of currency. Oh, you thought it was a new car. <laughs> the fiat currency <laughs> yeah, just yeah. coming out. Um, beautiful Italian car right here. <laughs> yeah, fiat released a new currency called fiat currency. <laughs> the fiat currency, yeah. yeah. That, that is something. Um, so as, as, as I see it, cryptocurrency is just a chain of digital signatures. So it's just a computer-generated tokens that can be passed around in a very secure way, in a tamper-proof way. Using the cryptography, basically. Yeah, and all the transactions you do are are stored in the public blockchain or in a private blockchain, depends on what currency you're using. If you use mm-hmm. Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency, it's stored in... So I think it's worth bringing out some of that uh, some of that points you just said. So <clears throat> there are a lot of different coins, and uh, I don't know if, if you'd w- want to talk about what kind of coins we have. I mean, obviously, you just mentioned Bitcoins. So I think something you said there is is really interesting, and it's something we could pull out, which is more about the difference between coins and tokens. Um, and most coins um, that you'll see in the cryptocurrency world uh, will function as a medium of exchange. And um, I would I would like to say that we could make some really they would kind of meet my three definitions that I made earlier, um, which is like they they're they're kind of a medium of exchange. Uh, I can't make them myself uh, without getting into serious trouble um and which you got into already (laughs) (laughs) i'm always in trouble i'm always in trouble um and and that's that's the key point because you you hear things like altcoins uh uh talked about and it sounds very punk rock um i'm you know it sounds like something you should be doing if you're a rock and roll star you've got an altcoin for your your alt rock and roll band but really all that is is what they call alternative cryptocurrency um, or simply coins, and th- there's a huge variety of that. And, and then a lot of them actually are based on the protocols from Bitcoin. So they leverage off uh, the the stuff that's been created for Bitcoin. And so things like Namecoin, you might hear, or Peercoin, they all are built on top of that. And the the difference is when you get some of them, like they make a subtle change to the protocols, and they may use a different way to uh, gain security. So Litecoin does it has a slightly different way. At the most extreme end, you get ones that actually build their own blockchain. Uh, things like Ethereum, Ripple, um, they all they're they're all um, doing doing something on their own. They have they're they're fully functioning basically. Um, that there's a community of these altcoins, and they each possess their own independent blockchain. Transactions, as you alluded to yes uh, earlier, uh, uh, can occur uh, related to their their native coins, and this is different from from say something like tokens, uh, where tokens are representative of of a particular asset or utility. So I mean that's. That's all really interesting, um, but I guess one of the key questions that people will be asking is, why do we need cryptocurrencies? Cryptocurrency is not tied to any nation or commodity like gold or oil. I think that makes it less complex and practical to use. It is backed by technology. Uh, it's fast, reliable, secure, and transparent. So, I mean, can you give me an example of where this is useful? Yes, so it's going to be less cost in transactions. You can transfer money across the world very cheaply. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's something that um, at the moment is quite difficult to do. Because I mean, I, I guess if I go to Western Union, it's going to cost me a lot of money to transfer money in the world and, and potentially takes a while. Yeah, so at the moment it probably takes about three days in some use cases, mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it it definitely takes twenty four hours in 
when I when I transferred any money to India, I've experienced at least 24 hours. But using cryptocurrencies, it's very fast. It's transferred very instantly, very cheaply. So how does the um, how does the fact that there's no government or anything involved help, or, or does it not help? What's what's our what's, what are we thinking about this? I th- yeah, there's any any technical development is is as I said is on a knife edge. So I guess would you say there's less regulation? There's less regulation because there's no government to mandate what what needs to happen or or anything like that. There's no bureaucracy involved. You, so it's kind of back to that first point you made, is it? So you know you were saying basically that it's global in the sense that I don't have to transfer from one currency to another currency to another currency. Because of that, it means that it's, 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 it makes it easier, does it? Because there's, no, there's not lots of governments involved, there's not lots of regulation involved. Is that where we're coming from? Yeah, definitely. The bureaucracy part really helps. When you have governments, there's always bureaucracy. There's always intermediaries. So there's generally a time lag involved. The fact that governments are not involved, meaning that it can be very, very fast and, or very quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, I think, I think, I think, from my point of view, I think that the fact that uh, you were making that point about it, this global, effectively like a global currency, I think that's a really, I think from my point of view, that's a killer application for this. Is that you, if you want to buy storage, whether you're in America, whether you're in India, whether you're in Britain, you can use this currency to do that wherever you are. You don't have to transfer between dollars and rupees or whatever it is. Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting development. One of the things that I think we kind of alluded to, and I, I feel, is that. Uh, in terms of what will happen with governments, I think it's going to be very interesting because I can see governments, especially when you look at China, how China's reacted. It, it went very positive to cryptocurrencies and it went very negative towards cryptocurrencies. I can see other potential con- uh, countries reacting in a similar way. So I think it'd be very interesting to see how this plays out, especially if cryptocurrencies become more um, important and people start taking lots of money out into all around the world, moving money all around the world very quickly, very cheaply. Um, without governments being able to control it, yeah. At the moment, most of the global trade is well, well, most of the trade is global. So anything you buy probably in the UK is is not Absolutely. manufactured here. It's uh, we don't make you buy your, pounds. You you buy a basket of groceries there from from a, de- a dozen countries. So you're, you're doing so much global trade, and in order to unleash the potential of this global trade, we need a common currency. And I think cryptocurrency could play a big part in that sense. I think it'd be really interesting as well in that if you look at like um, Western countries, um, how do I say this without being too political? I think Western countries have been able to use the power of their currencies um, to benefit themselves, obviously. And it'll be interesting to see when there's, if there was such a thing as just one currency and I was able to buy at the same value as someone in Africa, as someone in India, as someone in China, whatever, how, what effect that would have in terms of leveling the playing field. Um, you know, you think about how how we've used currencies, both China and you know Western countries as well, to kind of boost exports. Um, it's quite a common thing for current countries to try to devalue their currency to boost their exports. It'd be interesting to see how that if that were to play out. Yeah, definitely. I think that brings that um, that level playing field, as you said earlier. If I were to live in India or America, I can. I can use the same amount or same units of money to buy the same good. So, for example, I want to buy a computer in America. It's probably a few hundred dollars. If I want to buy 
the same computer in India is probably a few thousand rupees, and, and the difference is massive. It's actually it, cheaper in America than actually buying in India. It's actually cheap. So much. It's, it's, it's the same in Britain. If I were to buy a computer, it would be cost the same value in pounds as it is in dollars. But in dollars, it's like half. You know, not half, but a third of the price or something. Yeah, and I always feel that's just unfair. That you know, just me living in, or you, you know, us living in in the UK, we are able to buy something a bit cheaper when compared to people living. Probably in in some of the eastern countries or in Africa. Mm. So, so I, I I guess I guess that's it. you've kind of covered the why for me. I guess one of the next question would be how how does it compare to a real currency? Cryptocurrencies will still be a medium of exchange, just like normal currencies. Uh, you can give some dollars and get some cryptocurrencies and then send instantly to anywhere in the world and exchange it for local currencies or you can exchange cryptocurrencies for services and goods i think i guess i guess one of the things that from my point of view makes it really different is the governance um which is basically um there's not a central government or central government backed entity that's controlling the money uh, and also the fact that we're we're limiting the supply of these currencies, which I think is going to be a big thing because I mean the last time we had um, something that was limited like this was when we used to have gold-backed currencies, and that had a big impact. That does have a big impact on the on the on the on the government and the economy. So previously, when we had fixed uh, quantities of reserves um, based on gold-backed currencies, it, it did stop the governments printing money. It stopped the governments running huge deficits, and that that's that that changed obviously post-war um but it will be interesting to see how that how that pans out so i mean can you give me more details about what you think about this kieran what would the quantity of do we think of cryptocurrency that's needed uh, the idea being is to have a limited supply of it instead of governments printing money at ease at the moment most of the cryptocurrencies are capped at a certain number bitcoin being 21 million and litecoin around 80 million uh, however, no one knows how you know what, what the cap should be as of now. So this may all change in the future. I think that I think that's one thing that could be quite interesting to see how that how that does pan out. Because if you think about it, um, we've already had a couple of forks in in different uh, cryptocurrencies. And when I say forks, I mean where they've had to change the underlying functionality or or, or protocol um, because it's been necessary to do it. And it could be interesting to see if that in the future, when we get to this point where we need to create more or if there, if there's a if there's a, a general call for the to be a creation of more currencies whether they do change that uh, and I, I guess I guess one of the other key things that people are going to be asking around this is is what happens to the to the fiat currencies the current national currencies that we have I'm going to stop using the word fiat national currencies that we have yeah absolutely uh, there will be a period of time they will coexist there will be a period of time where a very long period of time where real money and cryptocurrency will coexist and based on our convenience and requirements you can use either or the other as i said earlier you can use money to buy a cup of coffee and you can use cryptocurrencies to get specific services or transfer money abroad yeah and i think i think there's no problem with these uh these two things existing we have lots of different ways of transacting and there's no reason why we shouldn't have this way of transacting using these virtual currencies these cryptocurrencies i think they're they're there's a lot of niche use cases for them. And as we go on, uh, further on, we may find that those niche use cases became, become bigger and bigger and uh, they become more popular. Um, so I think, I think we could see, it could be quite interesting to see how this develops. Um, but I think 
you've got me really excited about this whole area and obviously I'm sold. I'm going to go out and buy lots and lots of these cryptocurrencies. Kieran. What, how would I do that? Well, you, can, you definitely cannot buy in your local shop. Uh, and even if they're selling, I wouldn't suggest to do that. If you want to buy cryptocurrency seriously, then there are a few online exchanges where you can exchange your real money with cryptocurrency. Some of the exchanges I know of are Coinbase, Kraken, Bittrex, etc. So just Google Coinbase or Kraken and you will find it. There's a couple of caveats that um, might be worth adding around this, which is that you, you've probably heard um, lots of people talk about cryptocurrencies being anonymous, and that's true to an extent. But actually, to get your money in and out of uh, cryptocurrencies, you have to use an exchange. And it is one of those areas that's at the moment a kind of weak point, effectively. So if I want to, if I wanted to squeeze the cryptocurrencies, the easiest way for me to do that from the point of view of a government would be to, to try to squeeze the exchanges. Um, so if I want to transact money between, say, my, my national currency um, and a cryptocurrency, I would have to go through one of the exchanges. And the easiest way for governments to be able to find out who's been doing that would be for them to go to the exchanges and to pressure them to give hand over the details of who's who's transacting what. So it is one of those things that it may, ha it may be a kind of limitation at the moment of the cryptocurrencies. And it may be also a point where governments will try to, if they want to, if governments do want to crack down on, on these cryptocurrencies, they probably will look to do it through the exchanges. Yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely a possibility, but I think uh, cryptocurrencies uh, has the future, and they definitely go on uh, to replace and change the way we use money every day. It may take five, ten, fifteen years, but I think that is definitely there on the horizon. It's an exciting. I think it's an exciting future uh, to look out for. So I guess a, a really crucial question for a lot of our listeners will be about investing in cryptocurrencies, and and a lot of them will be saying. Is this really an investment? Uh, I wouldn't say as an investment, uh, but looks like there is money to be made and to be lost. As with everything else, there will be a point in time where the market comes to an agreement and settles on a price. Uh, for example, take gold. How much an ounce or a gram of gold? It might have started at a price and eventually it is settled on a price point and fluctuates around the, around the point. So it's definitely not an investment, but in the future, if you buy some cryptocurrency and the value goes up, if, if there's a particular use case for it and people have started adopting it, and definitely its value will go up and you might make some money and otherwise it may die down and you will lose money. It's kind of tautological, I guess, isn't it? If, if, you're, if you're successful, you're successful. If you're not, you're not. Um, I, think, I think there's quite a lot of interesting uh, debate at the moment around uh, cryptocurrencies. I'm going to be posting some uh, charts on our website showing uh, the potential for what will happen to Bitcoin. Um, hopefully you're all aware and you've seen the run up of Bitcoin and also the run down of Bitcoin. Um, and it's really interesting to see where this will go. Um, but keep an eye on our website. It's the blockandroll.com and we'll be posting lots of things on there, lots of extra information around this area. But there's definitely money to be made. I think Picking up on what Kieran said, the volatility you're seeing in these currencies means there's there's bound to be money to be made in it. Because if you can, if it can be going from say a thousand up to eighteen hundred, you know, eighteen thousand or whatever, you know, it can be changing so radically between uh, over a, a period of a few months and then back down again. That means that somebody's making money. Obviously, some people are losing money as well. But uh, at the same token, it's 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 one of those things where you can make money if you're clever about how you invest.
So in our next episode, Pierre, we are going to talk about payments using cryptocurrencies. Yep. Um, and that should be a really interesting episode because we're going to tease out a lot of the things that we've been building up over the, in the last two episodes. So what, what you've been listening to so far has been kind of um, a lot of the theory. Um, and now if we go and look into payments, we'll be able to look at the practical applications. Yeah, it's a natural step, I think. We talked about blockchain, now we talked about cryptocurrency, and I think it's next, payments. Wow, it was an interesting show, and I'm going to try and summarize it now um, in a couple of sentences for you. So from the show, hopefully you've learned that cryptocurrencies are a digital currency, and they're protected using industry-leading security. I mean, it is a medium of exchange, but it's not operated by any banks or governments or any government-backed institutions. Cryptocurrencies are designed to have a limited supply, and this is completely different from the current type of currencies we have at the moment. I mean, we have had currencies with limited supply before when we had gold-backed currencies. So in some ways, this is, this is something new, but something old. Yes, it is fast, reliable, and transparent, and can be used for specific use cases. You can buy them in exchanges such as Coinbase, Kraken, Bitrex, and many others. And there is definitely money to be made and to be lost in this game of cryptocurrencies. Thank you very much for listening. You'll be able to find out more about this topic and other topics on our website, theblockandroll.com. So please take a look and leave some comments.